This is Brandmaster. Time to talk brands and branding. Ian West here again. And today we want to talk a bit more about brand names and some of the traps to avoid with your new brand name. Starting a business is exciting, but there's also a lot to do, especially if you're working on a new brand. Most startups spend way too much time and energy worrying about their brand name. There are some important practical issues, of course, and we'll talk about those a little later. But devoting too much time to try to find a clever or killer name, that's usually time wasted. I mean, if we take a look at the names of some of the leading brands, you'll see that they're not significant in themselves. Their importance lies in what they stand for in terms of the business and what they do. I mean, for example, Apple has got nothing to do with apples and hardly anybody knows what a Google is. But we all associate the business with the name. If we think about people, like each of us has a given name, usually not of our own choosing. But as we grow and develop, soon our name takes on the values that we as a person create. You are what your name stands for. So the sound approach when we talk about brands is to come up with a name that you're happy with and then get on with building your business because that's where the brand's value will ultimately lie. Okay, we've said that the name you choose may not be as important as you may think. However, there are some considerations which you certainly should bear in mind. And we'll take some of these in order. First of all, one of the questions that I'm often asked is, um, should I use my own name as a brand name? Well, if your business is personality-centred, you know, perhaps you're a photographer, a fashion designer or a musician, then there may well be some value in it. However, mixing your personal brand with your business brand can have its downsides. For example, you may want to sell your business in the future. And that could create issues for both you and for a buyer. The buyer may not want your name over the door if you're leaving the business and have nothing more to do with it. Or conversely, if the buyer carries on with that same brand, you might be unhappy with it, particularly if the way he's running the business is not the way that you would like to run it. I remember when I set up my first business as a design consultant, I just used my own name, just, just for speed. Six years later, I was employing 17 highly skilled people and we were working in a number of different disciplines with divisions run by some of the other directors. And my name over the door just felt wrong. The business was no longer really just about me. As your startup grows, you may want to diversify personally and you may want to go and, and do other things. But your name is still tied to your initial business. And sadly, there's always the possibility of business failure. Should the worst happen, do you want your personal name to be damaged? And the reverse situation may be equally dangerous. We all remember Ratners, okay? 
Another question I'm often asked is, is it a good idea to put what my business does in the brand name? This can be a great help for a startup that nobody has heard of, to be able to say clearly what you do with the name. However, generally, the brand name is not the ideal place to do it. Say you start a, a plastering business. Acme Plasterers may be a great name to begin. But what happens when you grow and perhaps want to diversify into, into wider building services? The great place for a descriptive line or descriptive title is in what we call the strap line. In other words, a line or product description that comes after the name. For example, um, you may say Acme. Strapline then says the plastering experts or masters in plaster. You can change the strapline as the business changes, but the brand name always remains constant. So I'm sure you can think of lots of top brand names who use this approach, the brand name and then a strapline. Another question which is... Um, along a similar vein, is should I include our location in the title? As with the previous, it can be useful, but it's not generally a good idea. For example, Leeds Accountancy Services may be great until the opportunities arise to open a branch in Manchester or Liverpool. However, there may be situations where you really want to focus upon a local market you may have sound cultural or geographic reasons, but you should give it careful thought. There are cases when there's credibility and kudos associated with a region or a town or a county or a country. Um, think of Stoke-on-Trent for pottery, Swiss watches, Italian pasta, Lake District outdoors. But again, give it some thought. Regional associations may be useful to your brand, but consider if the name is the best place to do it. For example, rather than using the word Italian in your pasta products brand name, it may be more effective to go for a red, white and green colour scheme. Another question. Is it important to register the brand name? Simple answer, yes. For a start, Doing a search for brand names should throw up any potential problems. You can do an online search at the Intellectual Property Office in the UK. The search is free. You can register names and trademarks then very inexpensively. And they're usually registered by sector. So the name you may want may be registered for, say, clothing, but not for services. But just to emphasise that doing the search itself is a really useful exercise because it can throw up any problems but also it might prompt other ideas or slightly different ways of, of creating your brand name. It's true that many small businesses don't register. However, I do know of one small business who had been in business for three years before, out of the blue, they were approached by lawyers for a company who had registered their trading name. And basically they had to change everything, stationery, signage, website, all their advertising collateral. Uh, that's something that spent three years building up 
and it all had to change. It was costly, time-consuming, and they could have done without it if they'd just done the search to start with and register the name. Another thing to consider is, what about trading internationally? I mean, like it or not, we're in, we're in a global market. The internet and e-commerce exposes us to potential worldwide customers, which is good. But that does mean that you should be checking your desired name against foreign languages. An innocent English name might mean something rather nasty in another language. And marketing literature and history is peppered with some really awful gaffes. Often funny, but sometimes obscene or insulting and potentially damaging for the brand. It's very easy to check online, but if you're targeting a particular market, it's really worth running your desired name by a native speaker. Colloquialisms and slang and offensive terms don't necessarily show up in online dictionaries. So check it with somebody who's actually lived in that marketplace and can tell you, don't use that. Is digital an important consideration? Well, digital is not something special nowadays. It's an integral part of brand communications. Where search or SEO is concerned, the web is still a text-based medium. So words count. Checking domain names is important, and don't forget to consider the top-level domain. That's the .com bit or whatever that comes after the web address. It's especially important if you plan to trade overseas, because adding an extension to your brand name can have unforeseen and undesirable consequences. Think visually too. Phone screens are small. Social media profile images are usually square, so they're just not friendly to long words. Short names have power and impact. Can foreign-sounding names help or hinder? Well, sometimes they can help. You know, for example, sometimes people use Italian-sounding names for fashion or cycling. German-style names are often used for engineering. It sounds efficient and technical. But be careful though, it's easy to sound artificial or pretentious. You may think it sounds exotic to name your men's clothing range, something like Enrico Roma. But in the UK, simple Paul Smith has had no problems. As we said at the start, what you do is far more important than what you're called. Stick to these bits of advice that we've gone through today. And don't sweat the brand name too much. Thanks for listening. See you next time.